Welcome to Real Tech Hours, the podcast where we talk about tech during Real Tech Hours. Today we're going to be jumping into part two of the big recap. Uh, as I mentioned last time, this one will be airing the next day, so this one will be airing tomorrow, Thursday, February 11th. So I hope you guys did enjoy the first return episode. It ended up being very long, 46 minutes. Uh, that's crazy. It actually just finished publishing now that I look at it, and that is fantastic. The tweet is out and everything. So we are rocking and rolling. Hopefully you all have access to that as soon as possible on your available platforms. But let us jump right back into where we left off. So first, finish the intro. If you have a question, comment, topic you want to see discussed, or you just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. That is realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter at realtechhours to stay up to date with the podcast. Uh, so a quick mention really quick. I did talk about my headset uh, that I was using to record this. Uh, the one that I really wanted to use with an excellent microphone on it just isn't working. A lot of static in the background. I know the microphone is semi-broken and I just can't get it to fix. So I said, screw it. Threw on my pair of Razer Naris. Uh, and then last time, it sounded okay. I screwed around a little bit, changed some settings, up the volume uh, microphone, up the vo- volume of the microphone, and I added this thing called Vocal Clarity, which did make it sound a little bit better in my opinion. So hopefully it does sound better on your end. Uh, if it doesn't, hit me up. There are numerous ways. You got Twitter, you got the email at real. You got Real Tech Hours Podcast at gmail.com. You got Twitter at Real Tech Hours. You know, let me know. Um, but other than that, let's jump right back into where we left off. We stopped at talking about the recent event that has been making headlines, the Wall Street bets versus Wall Street hedge funds and how Robinhood might not be the bad guy. And I said we were going to jump into the state of PC and console explained. I've been talking a lot about PCs recently um, just because in general, PCs tend to come up uh when you're talking about gaming, it seems recently, because nobody can get their hands on a console, so everybody's talking about PC. But basically, we're going to talk about PC parts and the shortages, PS5 and Xbox Series S and X shortages, because those have all occurred since we last talked, and they've been crazy, crazy to follow. So first, the first one to come out was NVIDIA 3000 Series cards. They are absolutely killing it right now the cards are insane a major jump over last year i'm pretty sure we talked a lot about that last time um but they are in short supply for all versions and when i say short supply i mean stupid short supply there are new versions rumored to be coming but those versions will be in short supply there's supposed to be a 3060 with 8 gigs of vram there's supposed to be a 3060 with 12 or 14 gig or no i think it's like 12 or 16 gigs of vram uh there's supposed to be a 3080 Ti or a 3090 Ti or something like that, which is supposed to be more powerful than the current card. Um, but I mean, all these all these new versions, there's still no supply for the old ones. So good luck getting your hands on one of those. Same thing for AMD's 5000 series chips and 6000 series graphics cards. The new king of CPUs has been crowned. AMD's 5000 series has absolutely blown everything else out of the water and is crushing it and is also emerged as a strong contender in the graphics card space amd's 6000 series cards are their real first shot at a decent gpu and it is it is really good for a first shot because their previous gpus have just been have just not been very good i am currently using one an rx 580 with 8 gigs of vram i love the 8 gigs of vram but i do not like 
much else about the card i have to say i like the software but the software goes to all the other cards so you know i might need to get this card out of there sooner rather than later unfortunately but they are also in short supply for all of it for all of it across the board all the cpus all the graphics card everything is in short supply right sony ps5 is killing it they sold 5 million consoles last quarter we mentioned this previously right in the last recap we talked about it mentioned it really briefly sony bumped their revenue forecast on expected sales in 2021 because of how many ps5s they sold and how many they're expecting to sell now they still don't have them they still don't have them readily available you cannot walk into a store and pick up a ps5 off the shelves microsoft same situation xbox series x and s are suffering from the same shortage issues there appears to be more available when they drop compared to ps5 does this indicate a better supply chain or less demand i really couldn't tell i am leaning on the side of less demand simply because of the 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 way that the ps4 blew the uh equivalent xbox i think it was the xbox one right or xbox one x whatever out of the water it was, it was basically crowned the winner of last of the last console wars and the PS5 is there's so much hype around the PS5 right now, and there's so many, at least in my term, at, at least from my perspective, there's so many advantages to the PS5 over the Xbox. You know, people people point at the on-paper specs all the time, and say the Xbox Series X has more more numbers, it's higher numbers on paper. But we all know paper numbers don't translate to real-world uh, advantages all the time. You know the PS5 has the new DualSense c controller, which is supposedly really sick. It also has, uh, you know, much easily, much easier to expand storage as long as you have the right storage for it. It's not any cheaper than Xbox's expansion options, but at least you can go out and pick your own, and there can be lots of them versus some little card you slot in the back. Unless Microsoft opens it up to everybody, then you know, I. I I'll stand corrected on that one, but for right now, doesn't seem like it. Uh, anyways, but what I really want to talk about is what am I doing, right? Because I, I feel like people are kind of missing uh, a lot of the points here because like, I, I hear a lot of my, my friends and, and other people saying, I want to upgrade my PC right now. I want to upgrade my PC right now. I, but it's like, it's never been a better and a worse time to upgrade your PC. Let's talk about why it's never been a better time. There's never been more performance for your money. These latest rounds of CPUs and graphics cards are absolutely killing it. And with uh, PCI Gen 4, the newest PCI Express standard, PCIe Gen 4, whatever, PCIe 4, whatever you want to call it, right? It's, it's ultra fast communication across the entire device. All these other parts have now caught up and can now use this new generation and can communicate with each other faster than ever, right? Blazing fast card, blazing fast graphics card, blazing fast CPU, blazing fast storage, right? You're getting insane performance. We are seeing insane jumps from the previous generation of CPUs, of graphics cards. And I mean, that makes it a wonderful time to go ahead and upgrade. But it's also a terrible time to upgrade, specifically if you're on the AMD side of things. So if you need the performance straight away, by all means, go for it. If you need it for whatever class you're doing right now and you absolutely need something that's faster and stronger and better and has 
and you know will just perform better for you in general get you a new amd cpu get you a new graphics card i am less hesitant on purchasing a new graphics card than i am on cpu why am i less hesitant on purchasing a new graphics card or a new graphics card than the cpu right because cpu would last a whole lot longer than the graphics card would it's because amd is changing their standard next at the end of this year i can't say next year anymore at the end of this year it's 2021 come on at the end of this year so right now we are on the am4 standard for the motherboards the cpu socket the cpu socket the cpu socket socket that amd uses on their motherboards the standard is called am4 and it's basically you know their promise way back when they launched the ryzen series was hey look intel makes you upgrade your motherboard nearly every time they drop a new card or a new chip we're not going to do that we're going to guarantee you at least four years of support which means they're going to handicap themselves in terms of power delivery in terms of power management in terms of you know the general performance of the chip based on the pin layout because they have to stick to the same pin layout so that all the cpus can be used in all the same motherboards right and they still came out with this banger this year these absolute killers ryzen 5000 i mean it was like they just walked into intel's house and just started like gunning people down it was, it's crazy i mean i guess i shouldn't say that but um yeah i mean they absolutely killed intel this time around absolutely disgusting right next year is it going to be uh, i i guess today the next generation it's not next year the next generation is going to be even more killer because it's going to be the first am5 that's what i'm assuming they're going to call it they'll stick with the naming scheme they stick with the uh name scheme they've been going on for their socket layout it's going to be am5 five time right so these new cpus can take advantage of new new uh new motherboard tech new power delivery new power management all these different things that you know you don't think play a big role into these cpus when you're trying to squeeze out every ounce of performance improvement that you can you will change anything and everything to get there and that is what is going to occur this coming year so if you can hold out if you can hold out right on upgrading your pc or building a pc until the end of this year when amd drops their new stuff and hopefully you know hey look look on the bright side the supply shortage should be over by then i mean i don't see any reason for it to extend all the way that far that wouldn't make any sense to me right you can't even buy some of the new stuff now so why you know sweat over trying to buy the new stuff when you know that there is something ex even more extremely better so uh, normally i wouldn't say you know wait for the next best thing because then you're constantly waiting because technology is constantly improving but this time i genuinely do believe it is worth it to wait until the next one comes out because while it's fantastic as this one is if you don't need it immediately like if you don't have a use case for for using it tomorrow like you're listening to this podcast on thursday and you need that cpu for whatever you're doing on friday go out and buy the sucker but if you don't if you're not part of that group wait wait until the fall and i promise you will thank me okay because it is going to be disgusting not only 
will we be getting AMD's new CPUs? We'll be getting NVIDIA's second generation of this absolutely killer architecture they put into these 3000 cards. It's going to be more refined. It's going to be faster. It's going to be better. It's going to have, uh, hopefully, we get improved VRAM because hopefully the price of the VRAM that they're using in it now goes down. That's one of the big uh, handicaps. One of the big differences, actually, we talked about back when these cards dropped was that they are using, I do believe it is uh, DDR or VRDDR6, right? Uh, NVIDIA, sorry, let me just a quick, quick Google search, 3000 VRAM. Um, I think they are using, uh, GDDR6. Okay, uh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that's great, that's great. I'm scrolling through this website, man. I just, I just want to know what kind of VRAM we're talking about here. GDDR6X, I'm sorry, GDDR6 uh, and 6X. The 6X is for the 3080 and the 3090, but the, the 3070, 3060, and the 3060 gets uh, GDDR6. Oh my goodness, here's listed a 3060 Ti with 8 gigs of VRAM and a 3060 with 12 gigs of VRAM. Hmm, I kind of like the sound of that 3060. Um, anyways, as I was saying, right, we see that they are using this VRAM, right? And so what, what, what's up with this VRAM? Why, why, why do you you're saying, Parker, why do you keep saying VRAM? What the frick is VRAM, bro? Okay, so it's different from the RAM inside your computer. It's it's It has to be different because it needs to be faster. It needs to keep up with the uh, uh, graphics card, and it also has to have some different properties so that it can render the games, you know, and then and it's uh, able to talk with the uh, CPU and say, you know, okay, here's here's what I'm doing. Obviously, RAM talks to CPU. The CPU uses RAM, uh, you know, it's vice versa. But in graphics cards, it has to be slightly different. It has to be configured a little bit differently because they're using it for different uh, uh, use cases. And uh, GDDR6 is a lot faster than GDDR5, which is what AMD is using, which is why AMD can give you a lot more VRAM for the price that they're offering you, right? As we saw, they have 16 gigs of VRAM across the board on all three cards, and people are like, holy crap. And I I, I am a big proponent. I, I've used very few graphics cards, I do have to say. But from my experience, I the more VRAM, the better. I like a lot of VRAM because as games are progressing, they're getting more graphically intense. There's a lot more for you to load in. Like, okay, so for example, a real-world experience here. Okay, so we have my RX 5800 with 8 gigs of VRAM, and my brother just built his own PC. We custom-built him a PC for Christmas uh, as kind of like, you know, a gift to himself, and he ended up going with an RTX 2060, so he wasn't, you know, he's never been too interested in like top of the line stuff so he just wanted something that would blow performance out of the water compared to everything he'd used in the past and just something that would be really good value for what you could currently buy so he ended up getting a 2060 on sale and that, that thing has six gigs of vram and so when we load into a game specifically warzone because we tested it out in my computer before all of his pc parts came in to make sure that the graphics card worked and everything um he couldn't run at 
the same high quality settings that I was running on my 580 because it didn't have enough VRAM. It was limited in Warzone because once you set the uh, graphical settings of the world from medium to high, the jump in VRAM was too great. It went over the six gigs that he had, but obviously it doesn't allocate the full six gigs. It's something like probably around five, just slightly over five is, is the is what it's allowed to allocate because it has to save some for itself for its own internal processes and things like that. And, and but for for uh, error redundancy and, and correction and those kinds of things. But with with eight, I could run at a higher graphic setting. Sure, I wasn't getting as many FPS as he was. I was I was limiting myself to sixty, even though I was sitting around sixty or seventy when I turned the limiter off. He was getting well over a hundred, but he wasn't able to run at the higher graphic setting. So there's some trade-offs that are occurring there when you are picking memory size, right? Versus the speed of the card, right? The, the raw performance of the card versus the amount of memory that the card has on hand. And so obviously you want the best of both worlds. Well, then you're going to have to shell out $1,500 for a 3090 because if you want a ton of VRAM and super fast VRAM, you are going to have to spend a lot, right? So the 3090, $1,500 comes with 24 gigs of VRAM, ultra fast GDR6, right? 6X, sorry. If I wanted something similar, Right, I could go with any of the base cards in their lineup, but considering where Warzone's sitting at now, right, and we have other games like Cyberpunk and, and other things like and other games where they're getting huge and graphically intense and have very big open worlds, eight gigs might not be enough soon. I'm looking at that 3060 with the 12 gigs and thinking to myself, hey, that looks a whole lot better than this 3070 that has a ton more performance under the hood but way less memory. It's got four whole less gigs, right? I so I haven't used graphics cards enough, enough graphics cards over my lifetime to give a solid opinion about which one is more important. Uh, but to me, currently, as far as I've been able to tell from my basic testing, I've used three to four graphics cards. I've used four graphics cards. I had whatever one came with my pre-built at a 1050 Ti. I've used this uh, RX 580, and I've played around a little bit with his 2060. And so far, I like that the RX 580 is 8 gigs. Sure, it doesn't give me really good performance. It gives me mediocre performance, right? But I like the 8 gigs of VRAM, man. I like the 8 gigs of VRAM. So, um, yeah, you know, that's one of the things you really have to look into. And so hopefully, come the end of this year, the prices for this VRAM come down such that NVIDIA can include more VRAM in their cards. That's where I was going with it. Thank you for following me through that long-winded path. And, man, I really went off on a tangent there. I didn't mean to do that. I'm going to leave it in anyways because, you know, it's a big recap. I haven't talked in a really long time about a lot of this stuff. But but that's that's some of my logic behind why you should wait until the end of this year to build or upgrade your current pc if you can afford it if you if you have to upgrade tomorrow upgrade tomorrow it's a fantastic time to upgrade you were not you're not going to miss out i can guarantee it you're not missing out on on you know if you say you wait nine more months because you're going to get that performance now sure you're going to have to spend a little bit more a little more bag in the future maybe you just have to spend on a new motherboard and that's not a big deal for some people that's like an 80 100 150 upgrade depending on how much you're willing to spend 
right? But it's just like, I think it makes more sense to wait a little bit. Because not only are supply shortages occurring, but we are looking at a giant generational shift in the underlying architecture that will require you to replace some parts when you want to upgrade. Um, in terms of some other things I did uh, write down here that, uh, you know, the shortages, obviously, I'm hoping, should end relatively soon as chains catch up, assuming they can get ahead of the curve and avoid new supply demands. That's basically what we've, been, we've said that a handful of times now over these uh, this recap and the past recap. AMD has asked Samsung to step in and help produce some parts. Uh, this was obviously recently. Hopefully, it helps ease the supply issues all the way around because AMD does produce the CPU and GPU for both the PS5, Xbox Series S and X. So hopefully, you know, this, this starts to change things around. But, you know, like I was saying, PC upgrade at the end of 2021. Wait just a little bit for the consoles. I'm really excited for the PS5. I want PS5. I already have the controller and the charging dock. Uh, and, and I like the look of them. I, I like the look of the PS5. I, I'm just excited to get my hands on one. So anyways, with that giant first bit, it looks like we're only really going to cover another two or three, maybe, at most. Um, next, we're going to hit up this big topic, which I just want to kind of briefly introduce, because we are going to revisit it. We are definitely going to revisit it, now that I think about it, because I really want to go in-depth. I really want to talk a, a lot about this and kind of the, the general broader implications and the, the changing landscape around it. So basically, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the great California exodus, right? You've been you've been seeing the different uh, the memes and, and, and all the different articles and things. Tesla is leaving California and, and all these other companies are leaving California and more companies are leaving California than are actually coming into California. And recently, and then lots of um, uh, wealthy people are leaving California and all these different things. And, and why does any of that matter? Well, we are starting to see this come to a climax with Tesla's exit, and I think Disney might actually be the next company to do something similar. I, I really do. Um, I talked about this in some detail on uh, the Dial podcast, which is hosted by uh, my boy Josh. Uh, you can give that a listen to at basically the same places where you can listen to this podcast, Real Tech Hours, because he posts through Anchor as well, and so it kind of distributes to the same platforms, as long as he set everything up, and, and he has set everything up, so he distributes the same platforms. So you've got your Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you know, all, all the other little uh, handful smaller ones that people listen through. And I, I did talk a, a little bit about, uh, you know, why Disney leave, some of the reasoning, some of uh, where they could go, specifically here, coming to Orlando, Florida, and yeah, it was it, it was really interesting thing to kind of like think about and work through. And and there's a bigger topic at hand that I'd really like to capture. But I just kind of wanted to, you know, to clue you into this uh, big thing that I think we're going to start seeing a lot of big businesses leaving California. Not exactly a Google or an Apple, but I do think we're going to see uh, <laughs> cancel. I just triggered the uh, smart home assistant. Sorry if you were listening to that, but 
Um, I do think we're going to see other companies like Tesla, of Tesla's size, if they are still around in California, or other companies that are, you know, based out of California, begin to exit, move their headquarters elsewhere. Tesla is obviously moving to Texas. Elon Musk already moved to Texas. Uh, and I do think Disney could be one of the next ones to begin to move the shift. They might not l leave Disneyland and just close it. Disneyland will probably remain open for the near, for the time being, at least. I'm not exactly sure. Now that they've re, now that they have a reopening timeline. At first, I thought they were just going to close Disneyland and get rid of it because they got rid of their annual pass. But then they reintroduced the annual pass program, and now they got a timeline for reopening the park for some limited experiences. Um, but I really, I really do think that the big play here for Disney right now is to get out and get out while getting out is the cool thing to do, right? Uh, but I do, I do, I did want to mention that. I do want to talk about it in more depth, uh, but, uh, we'll talk about that more, hopefully at the end of this one, hopefully we don't need a third one. Let's move on next. Joe Biden is elected as the president of the United States. Kamala Harris is his vice president. Obviously, congratulations to these two uh, people. You know, I wish them all the best of luck. Just I wish the previous president and every single president Pat before and every single president in the future. You know, that's really all you want at the end of the day is no matter who wins on which side, you just want to see things progress in a forward motion instead of in a backwards and start regressing. So uh, what has already happened? So obviously, you know, Joe Biden has been out the gate sprinting, lots of executive actions. He's put forward a plan to end the pandemic by the end of the summer. That's his like end date is what he said. He's there's, you know, there's uh, a lot of vaccine news. There's a new vaccine currently being tested uh, or in the process of getting approval. You know, we've got uh, the two main vaccines, the Moderna and the Pfizer, and then you have the Johnson & Johnson, which is slightly less effective, but, you know, it's, like, uh, better than nothing compared to when you see some of these new strains of the virus popping up that are, uh, while most of them are just more infectious or, or do nothing at all, there is the South African one, which is slightly deadlier. So, you know, you do want to kind of, like, look at these things because the virus is, you know, we're hitting the level of where we're hitting the level of people being affected where the virus has had enough chances to hit a random mutation now where it's we're going to start seeing new strains and the and and potentially more deadlier strains hopefully nothing progresses past the point where we're at right now hopefully we can get it all under control and the you know the rollout of the vaccines happens quickly enough to where you know it doesn't get worse it only gets better that would be obviously uh, the uh, amazing end game uh, for what to expect next. Um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll really have to wait and see. I do feel like there's good progress occurring in the vaccine space where people are getting uh, a lot of people vaccinated and other things like that. But um, I did write down a list of things I would like to see come out of this uh, presidency and the administration that they will build around them. And uh, I would like to see some uh, increased market regulation, basically around uh, you know, antitrust and um, and just general improvements in the business space in overall, because I do feel like there is, is some room for improvement. We'll talk about that, you know, in more depth. Uh, obviously, antitrust talked a lot about that. I would like to see, you know, them take up 
them them take a bigger role than what they have been and, and stop being asleep at the wheel and sitting by the sidelines and waiting until it's a bit too late to kind of step in and like the facebook deal with whatsapp and instagram instagram should have never gone through whatsapp i i can let pass because whatsapp is different sure it's it is not the best idea to give somebody who to give a company with the reputation of facebook access to 1.6 billion people's private messages i think that was the user population of whatsapp right somewhere around there or well it, or it is now because facebook you know has that over billion population on its path but you know because man i don't i the whole facebook and and whatsapp and instagram situation is, is really interesting and crazy um, hopefully a new competitor emerges, especially after uh, what just happened the other day with uh, Facebook announcing that they, you know, are updating their privacy policy and WhatsApp to tell people, hey, we are going to we are collecting your data. And if you don't let us collect your data uh, and link it with your Facebook account, you just can't use the app. You can't send messages or anything like that, which is which is ridiculous and crazy and exactly what anybody could have predicted was coming. Um, the next thing, increase FCC activity, specifically return of net neutrality. Net neutrality needs to come back. Even if it's, even if we haven't seen anything yet, I do believe things are happening under the hood to undermine the uh, fundamentals of net neutrality in terms of uh, these businesses, you know, selling priority to different companies, uh, to different websites, right? And slowing down other ones that don't pay the toll, right? It's I mean, we we saw some of this debate way back when. It flares up every so often, you know. Hey, let's run some tests and let's try to figure it out. And you know, nothing's come forward yet, but it, it doesn't matter. The, the deterrent should be there to keep the companies looking elsewhere. They shouldn't need to. They shouldn't have any reason to look in the direction of monetizing which web lo, website loading times. Right? That that's not a thing. All websites should load equally as fast as everybody, or should have the chance to load as equally as fast as everybody else without having to pay for it, right? Without having to pay for it. And then obviously, uh, a calming of the current social situation. I, we talk a lot about this on Josh's podcast, The Dial, uh, about three Fridays back now. Uh, I will link his um, podcast in this episode. I also forgot to link the Scott Galloway uh, episode in yesterday's podcast well basically you know one the part one so i'll link that in this where he talks about jeff bezos so you can get watch his full video it's very uh, nice very informative very interesting um but i'll link leave a link to the dial podcast and uh, that video but if you want to check it out i will link specifically the episode where we talk a lot about uh the different the current social situation and what is going on uh there but th those are some of the things that i just kind of wanted to see come out of all this um and i just thought it would be really interesting and so i think i am going to wrap it up there for part two we're going to have a part three it's going to be not as long as these ones hopefully it's like 10 15 minutes and then the whole reason really is because i have some um some plans that i kind of want to outline for uh some big ideas that i have been trying to brainstorm and come up with recently that i'd like to run by you listeners and and see you know and 
I mean, I, I need to start fleshing some of them out to really get a good idea of where I want to take them. But yeah, uh, you know, let's just, instead of continuing to ramble, let's wrap it up. That's it for part two. Thank you for joining. You know, if you have a uh, question, comment, topic you want to see discussed, or you just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast.gmail.com. That's realtechhourspodcast.gmail.com. In this part two, we took a look at, I can't say brief anymore, we took a look, a really long, a much longer look than I expected, at the state of PC and uh, console, basically the supply shortages, what is happening, how is the space changing. We talked briefly about the great California exodus, and we will come back to that uh, later. And then we talked about uh, the uh, new administration currently in the White House uh, after the election of Joe Biden as president of the United States. So that's going to do it for this one. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, reach out to us in an email if you want to, realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Real Tech Hours to stay up to date with the latest podcast news and updates. And as always, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.